This episode of Juice Crew Radio is brought to you by TriBest, making healthy living easy. Welcome. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak. Well, hello and welcome to Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host, Steve Prusak. Today, we've got Dr. Joel Furman, board-certified family physician, nutritional research uh, researcher, and six-time New York Times best-selling author. His latest Fast food genocide. We're going to hear about that. What's going on in this country with fast food and all over the world, actually, right after this, Dr. Joel Furman. So get yourself a juice and tea, water. We'll be back right after this, Dr. Joel Furman. Did you know you can make a great living in the hottest new business trend today? The Juice Guru Certification Program is the world's first online course to give you the knowledge and marketing skills to excel as a juicing coach and start making money in no time. Find out more at juicecoachtraining.com. Well, hello and welcome back to Juice Radio. Well, let's not waste any more time. We've got Dr. Joel Furman. Uh, we couldn't be more honored to have him. His new book is Fast Food Genocide, How Processed Food is Killing Us and What We Can Do About It. We're going to dive deep into that. Uh, his other books like Eat to Live, they really are the Bible uh, for the work that I do and the food that I eat. So let's welcome to the show right now, Dr. Joel Furman. Hi, Dr. Furman. Hi, Steve. Excited to be here with you today. Thank you for being here. So tell us, Dr. Furman, what we've talked about the other books, Need to Live, and I love that. We maybe touch on that at the end. But what about fast food? What brought you into this area and what's going on uh, with the fast food industry? Well, you know, when I write a book and I'm, I'm doing a lot of research because, and, and also you call maybe read 10,000 research articles to pull the 500 or so to write a book. And in doing so, you know, from, from my other books, talking about diabetes and reversing heart disease or losing weight or preventing cancer. So much of the research was indicating that when we eat these processed foods and fast foods, it doesn't just cause diabetes and cancer. It also destroys our brain and lowers our intelligence. It also increases our propensity for crime. And they're also addicting so that we get more likely for a higher propensity to be a drug addict or a criminal. Half the people in federal prisons today are there for nonviolent drug related offenses. And what I'm saying right now is that these processed foods and fast foods that are synthetic, artificial flavorings and, and, and colorings, they rush into the bloodstream very rapidly. Their caloric rush, which means how many calories enter the bloodstream per minute, is so high that it signals dopamine in the brain, and you become dopamine insensitive after a while, and you go after more food and more food to get the same sensation of pleasure. And after food doesn't make it for you enough, you've got to turn to alcohol and to, more, and to heavier drugs eventually. So it really deadens the brain's appreciation of living. So it leads you to a more, how should I say, pr higher propensity for, for drug abuse and drug use. So it leads to the opiate epidemic. It leads to criminal use of, of you know, cocaine and heroin. We're talking about fast food having such a far-reaching effect in our American populations that its tentacles go so deep affecting how children do in school, attention deficit disorder, increasing risk of autism, and damaging the genes so that, the, so that our future, our children are now at higher risk of developing learning disabilities and, um, and also, of course, um, higher risk of childhood cancer and autoimmune conditions in future generations. So we're, we have epigenetic changes that occur to our genes and the word fast food genocide means that this destruction to the human genome is magnifying in future generations. And we're going to see a, a sicker and sicker population 
if we keep eating the same way we have to, with more cancer rates and more tra human tragedy if people don't change the way they eat. Furthermore, on top of the fact that we're finding out that these processed foods and fast foods and high glycemic refined carbohydrates damage brain cells, dummy down your intelligence and cause dementia, they also make people depressed. And one in five people in America now have mental illness. And nobody's discussing the link between mental illness, schizophrenia, depression, violence, and fast food consumption. Who's talking about this? The data's there. It leads, so we're talking, about that, we're talking about all these things and we're frustrated about where things are going, but nobody's talking about how fast food is, is making people depressed and making people prone to other mental illnesses. So that's another thing. And the last part of the book, or the other important part of the book, is vulnerable populations in inner cities who don't have access to produce and healthy food, who are consuming fast food in higher amounts without their exposure to fruits and vegetables are leading to a doubling or tripling of the rates of cancer. Uh, we're talking about certain populations with 10 times the risk of early life, of, of, of stroke before age 45. We're talking about if you live in an inner city and have diabetes and obesity, you would have 45 years of potential life loss. So what I'm saying right now is we have vulnerable populations that, that are seeing incredible tragedies thrust upon them by food inequality and food distribution. And it reinforces poverty because we can't, until, we can't, proceed, um, we can't achieve the American dream if our brain's being hurt and our ability to, to receive an education is, is affected by what we're eating. And this is a form of bigotry even because even in medical school, we learn that black Americans have double the risk of diabetes and prostate cancer and breast cancer and high risk of stroke. And it's almost like we're learning in school that having a darker skin color is make, gives weaker genes that are with a higher weakness to develop these diseases, which is not true at all. It's totally untrue. When we look at the exposure to fast food, we look at Caucasian populations with the same food exposure, we see the same crime, we see the same destructive effects on their educational achievement, and we see the same destructive effects on their risk of cancer, kidney failure, diabetic, diabetic amputations, and all the other problems we see in these inner city populations. So it really has very little to do with skin color. We're, we're finding out the, the science um, more and more than ever before is showing that all these factors are really mostly due to environmental influences and food exposure. Well, it's interesting times. You know, you look at the horrible school shooting over in Florida, and, you know, we hear right after this, 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 this is so disturbing, it's hard to even talk about what happened in Florida there, but they, they, they said he, the uh, shooter went to McDonald's right after he committed this heinous crime. You see a link there because you're bringing up crime, um, and we know, you know, even the president of the United States, we're hearing that he's eating cheeseburgers every night from McDonald's. Right. And, and you know, the, uh, and I think nobody's really grasping this, that our brain even is more sensitive than our body to, the, to these foods. Because just think about this, in your muscle tissue, in most of the body, you have an, an antioxidant response element that removes free radicals to prevent damage. And sure, the antioxidant response element is fueled by green vegetables and other phytochemicals. But, it, but, it can, but once you fuel it, it can last for a while. The brain doesn't have this such an antioxidant response element. It needs a continual supply of phytochemicals and antioxidants. It needs the exposure to the green vegetables and the berries and the, you know, and the, and the polyphenols. And, you know, and we're talking about colorful foods here, you know, like beans and 
nuts and seeds. We're talking about natural foods that have a full rainbow of phytochemicals that protect the aging brain. And our brain can last us for 100 years without losing any intelligence at all. So what I'm saying right now is that your brain is the early indicator of your, of your health. And sometimes the lack of nutrition can affect intelligence, creativity, put a brain fog, concentration ability, and it happens early in life. And it's a signal that you're going to become demented and lose, um, lose more brain function later in life. So we start to see early life signals of brain dysfunction from what we're eating. You know? And then, of course, we're talking about um, lack of judgment, lack of creativity, making bad decisions, increased propensity for violence, and, of course, increased propensity for, for imbibing in brain-stimulating substances. Our whole population is addicted to either something, right? They're smokers, they're drinkers, they're drug users, they're food, ad- food addicts. It's they're living for brain stimulation. And, and it starts out with, this, with, the, with our, social, our social norms in America where we're rewarding kids with candy and feeding them, bringing them donuts to soccer games and letting them um, enjoy Halloween and come home with a bag of candy they can stuff over under the bed. So now it's a bag of candy they're hiding, under their, their, they're hiding in their room and as soon it becomes you know, drugs and alcohol in the high, high school parties and then it goes to heavier drugs all because it starts out this way that we're, try, that we're, we're not really, we're, we're living for stimulation and we're using stimulation as a foundational norm in our society. Very destructive. And of course, people know we have a healthcare crisis going on with the most obese and sickly population, most diabetic-prone population in the history of the human race. So it represents a tremendous amount of human tragedy here we're talking about. Wow. Interesting and far-reaching links, especially when we look at emotional eating, how it all comes from when we're kids and getting that candy and the rewards and the fast food. So Let's break it down. Let's get to the basics. How do you define fast food? Maybe someone's tuning in and saying, well, what, what counts as fast food? Right. So, you know, it's possible for a so-called fast food restaurant to have a healthy food, right? I mean, so it's not just things that you can go to. There's probably some fast food restaurants now or in the future that might serve, you know, a, a bean chili on a bed of quinoa or something with, you know, with mushrooms. We don't, so that we don't have to. Everything in a fast food restaurant is not junky. It doesn't have to be bad. But of course, fast food are foods that are usually prepared in fast food restaurants that are mass produced. And they usually contain synthetic ingredients and flavorings. So even French fries in a fast food restaurant, for example, you know, have, have, have sugar, sweet sugar and salt mixed into the French fry batter and about 14 different chemicals in there, you know, so we're talking, and then they deep fry it. So when we barbecue, we cook things, you know, frame boil and barbecue under high heat or fry things. When you cook, when you use oil to cook, the oil that's heated over and over again becomes rancid. It becomes mutagenic, so to speak. It can damage cells. So we're talking about eating fried foods is tremendously carcinogenic. So carcinogenic, more than obviously much more than cigarette smoking, as of course are commercial meats and processed meats because the World Health Organization considers, considers the French fries and the processed meats a class one carcinogen, That's, that means in this claimed category as asbestos and cigarette smoking, it means a definitive carcinogen. But it's so cancer causing that even one serving of commercial French fries a week is linked to a 26% increased risk of breast cancer, for example, just one serving a week. You know, much more damaging than smoking a couple of cigarettes a week would be. But what I'm saying right now is fast food can be access fast. You can get it fast, you can open a bag or a box and it's ready. It doesn't take a long time to prepare it. You can eat it very rapidly. 
It's digested and absorbed very rapidly. It's highly palatable, and it's designed to attract you to eat more of it, to have a heightened flavors over and above the flavor of the natural food. It's not just a regular potato. They added stuff to the French fries. They put more sugar and salt in it, and they fried it to make it crispy. So it's like more like eating a potato chip than it's like eating a really potato. So we're talking here about even the, even the meats have sugar and MSG and salt mixed into the batter of the meat. Even, cocoa, even the soda has salt mixed in with the sweeteners. So it makes you want to drink more. So it's all designed, it's intellectually and designed by food scientists to make people to want to eat more of it. So it's designed to be addicting. It's designed to rush to the bloodstream very rapidly. And it started out with the World War I and eventually World War II when, we, when food scientists were designing food for people on the battlefield, for, for people in the army, so they wouldn't go, wouldn't go rot, it wouldn't go bad, it wouldn't need refrigeration. They just open the bag and consume it very rapidly. They get rapid calories into the body, with, whether it was Spam or instant coffee or Twinkies or Ringdings or whatever we discovered. You know, we made these fast foods, and, the, and, it, and they became very inexpensive. They could be very mass-produced because, because they were highly palatable and had a high shelf life, so they didn't go bad. We, could, we can distribute them across the country and keep the prices really cheaply, cheap. So now we have populations that are living mostly on fast food and processed foods. And of course, white flour, this, the, the fact that white flour like bagels and pasta and pizza and white bread and croissants and cookies, that, that's, that people eat that stuff, that's like poisonous. White flour is the same as eating white sugar. It's like sucking on candy corn or a marshmallow because it floods the body with a huge rush of glucose, which then the, then the body has a huge insulin spike. And insulin is a fat storage hormone. It promotes angiogenesis. The word angio means new blood vessels, and genesis means to make new. So it promotes the most of blood vessels to fuel the fat cells. And now, so we're producing, we're, um, we're accelerating cellular replication. We're accelerating the growth of fat. Fat growth makes you more insulin resistant. The beta cells in the pancreas now have to produce more insulin. And insulin promotes cellular replication, the growth hormone, that allows angiogenesis to occur so cancer cells can repl replicate. And that's, there's a link between diabetes and obesity and fast food and almost every cancer, every common cancer as well. And so the American diet now that's, is 60% of calories from processed foods that are high glycemic, and then a third of the calories, about 33% of calories, are coming from animal products. And the animal products are mostly grilled, barbecued, fried, greased, cooked on a grill or on a pan or in a broiler or in an oven. They're not cooked, they're not cooked in water like a soup. They're, they're darkened so you form heterocyclic, you know, they're, they're burned to a degree and made crispy on the outside. That's the way people like them the best. And then you have heterocyclic amines and nitrous amino compounds and acceleration of, of trimethylamine oxide, which is an inflammatory toxin in the body linked to cancer and atherosclerosis, and the fact that these animal products raise IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor 1, so now we, which is another growth-promoting hormone that also promotes angiogenesis. So we have this insulin-IGF-1 sandwich when you eat foods like a hamburger, um, you know, um, pizza, macaroni and cheese, spaghetti and meatballs, the combination between the high glycemic white flour and the overly cooked animal products and the high protein exposure. So we're talking about high glycemic carbohydrates, high amount of animal protein. That's the formula to maximize premature aging, wrinkling of your skin, exposure to skin cancer, increasing risk of breast and prostate and colon cancer. So now we have, so all these diseases people now see as normal in our society.
they don't see that these diseases are, are, would be very, they're tremendously rare in human history. Tremendously, they would never occur if people ate healthfully and people accept them as the norm. And then, of course, we compound that further by now when we have a disease like high blood pressure, diabetes, or some problem. We go to a, instead of changing our diet to get well, we go to a doctor and take a cancer-causing drug that lowers the symptoms so we don't see the high blood pressure, we don't see the high cholesterol, we don't see the diabetes, but the damage is continuing to occur just as much because we're keeping the same food and we keep getting fatter. So the so damage like is... Like a Band-Aid. Yeah, but it, it makes things even worse. Because in many cases, the diabetic medications that lower your blood sugar are causing the failing beta cells that are overproducing insulin to produce more insulin. So now it accelerates the death of those beta cells. So it increases the, the death of your pancreas, making you become more severely diabetic quicker and accelerating your death. So in most cases, most of the drugs, because they also action as permission slips, like I give you, I lower your blood pressure, so now it's okay to eat the same diet. If you never had a blood pressure medication, You'd have to change your diet to lower your blood pressure. So they, but there's one extra thing here is that the drugs themselves increase the risk of cancer. So the calcium channel blockers themselves are linked to doubling the risk of cancer, breast cancer over a 10 year period. So not only the drugs are permission slip, not only they cause further damage to accelerate, but they themselves are a contributor to cancer as well. So, you know, what I'm saying right now is that this information is quite complicated, but it's, it's absolutely necessary for our American population to learn this information. Because we all got to work together to change things. It can't happen. You know, it only happens if, if, if a major segment of the population is clamoring for change. And people like you and educators and teachers and, um, and celebrities and athletes and, and, um, and politicians and people, and, and people in, in their own communities, they all have to become advocates of healthier eating. And we've got to get people that are in, in vulnerable populations eating healthy because it's the right thing to do because... As Americans, I think what we stand for philosophically is, is equal opportunity for everybody and the, the ability for everybody to achieve the American dream, get a good education, get a good job, be happy, be healthy. And without access to good food, that can't happen. And what a beast you're up against. When I'm watching the oh. Olympics and they've got these commercials that the, the athletes are endorsing soda and they're endorsing these bacon burgers and things like that. And people are thinking, well, the athletes are eating that, shouldn't I? I mean, do you ever stop and think, wow, I mean, the conditioning really runs deep and there's a lot of money behind these companies. Well, that, that's absolutely right. What you're saying is the, they spend billions of dollars on advertising and, and trying to counter the effects of this message coming from people like me to counter the effects of the scientific literature that's published. They try to put their own studies together, slant it, and try to, to they, um, prepare the study in a way to make it look like the food isn't causing damage. You know, sugar's not so bad. Eggs don't cause diabetes. They're, they're good for you. They, they camouflage it by switching out, the, you know, instead of switching out beans for the eggs, they switch out beans for the, you know, sugar for the eggs or donuts for eggs. And they don't, or the, the diet is already loaded with animal protein and animal cholesterol, so the added to the egg doesn't show any difference. They got it all calculated out to try to produce studies to confuse people so people can't get straight information. And, you know, and what we need here is really reading, writing, arithmetic, and nutritional science taught like a science in the grade school and throughout our whole education so people can see through the, the, the fads, the false information. You know, they can see, but, but it's unquestionable. Right, right. They can't be sponsored. They can't, they can't yeah. be sponsored food charts, right? Right, right absolutely. But unquestionably, the... The unaffiliated, in other words, the non-commercially affiliated nutritional scientists around the world all agree 
that we can, we can wipe out heart disease and cancer, the vast majority of heart disease, strokes, and cancers, if people ate a diet rich in natural plant foods. We're talking here about eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and beans and nuts and, get, and reducing the processed foods and the animal products to much lower levels or eliminate them completely. But certainly, I don't think any nutritionist scientist in the world will admit that it's good for people to eat sugar and white flour and processed carbohydrates and donuts and cookies and crackers and rice cakes and breakfast bars and chips and soft drinks and croissants and donuts and bagels. No, every, everyone in the world is admitting that those things cause cancer and heart disease and dementia right now. You know what I mean? So there's no, no um, controversy there at all. And, you know, so I think that um, mm. it's still not penetrating down into action, you know, and, the, and, and people actually eating fried foods is, is just powerfully dangerous that accelerate, that causes digestive tract damage, increasing the risk of developing disease like ulcerative colitis or, or Crohn's disease relating to drinking French fries and, fried, and potato chips and fried foods. So we have, you know, so this fast food industry is so destructive, probably more, it, there can't be anything probably more destructive, not the opiate epidemic, not, not the, um, you know, not, well, I can't think of anything that could be more destructive than, the, than this epidemic of, of food inequality and food dis- and committing suicide with your knife and fork. You know, we talk about, I, I speak to populations and I say, how many in this popul- how many in this, you know, an audience of 500 to 1,000 people, raise your hand if you've been stabbed by a knife, right? Who raises their hand? One person. Raise your hand if you've been shot by a gun, you know? Two people raise their hand. Or anyone you know in your family killed by a gun? Maybe, maybe some one person raises their hand. Okay, now you say, raise your hand if anybody in your family has had a heart attack, a stroke, or gotten a cancer diagnosis or been killed by a heart attack or a stroke or cancer. Everybody's hand goes up, right? You say, unbelievable. You want to stay living in that neighborhood? You, that's, that's the risks you want to take with your life, that where everybody around you is getting shot from heart attack or cancer or stroke or being stuck in a nursing home? Or who wants to live with cancer, with chemotherapy and all that kind of that? garbage habit. It can't possibly be worth living that way. And then the fact is that I've spent my life showing people and proving that eating healthfully is just as pleasurable in the long run. Once you learn the recipes, once you retrain your taste buds, once you get healthy, there's not a loss of pleasure in life. This idea that people are floating around and saying, oh yeah, I'd rather just die 20 years younger. I don't care. I'll just enjoy my life more. I'll eat whatever I want to eat. I'll be overweight. I don't care because it's fun. You know, and I'll have a good life. I'll enjoy my life. So if I'm dead at 75 or 80, big deal. Number one, it doesn't work that way because you're not dead at 75 or 80. You're suffering in pain for six or ten years. And you have a crappy life that's, that's being tortured. Your life is, you don't just die. You're tortured first. And number two, they're not enjoying their life more. They're enjoying their life less. Healthy foods taste just as good once your taste buds have gotten stronger and healthier. And you learn all the great recipes that taste delicious. They're not losing 20 years of life and torturing themselves because they're getting so much more pleasure. There's no, that's, a, that's just a self, that's delusional self-talk that an addict uses to maintain their addiction. And a lot of special interest groups that want that information out there. They want people to think you're yeah, going right. to live like a rabbit if you eat the right foods. Amazing, Dr. Ford. So you'll be opening the uh, Nutritarian fast food restaurant chain. Is that next year's announcement? Well, I do want um, every restaurant to serve nutritarian meals, and there are nutritarian restaurants around the country. And there is, you know, but there are. But we want, um, you know, as the population. See, it's all about the demand for these things. When we have an, millions of people looking for this kind of food, restaurants will open up, serving to serve that demand, and restaurants will add that on as an option on their menu to have some healthier foods. And then people will see to make a choice. Oh, I could eat healthier. Maybe I should eat healthier today. You know what I mean? They'll they'll have you know so. 
So you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not myself making this nutritarian restaurant, but I think we can, when we work together, we can have even, so, all the, so even people in the food industry are important right here because they can produce healthier products. They can serve healthier options, right? So as Americans, we're all in this together. That's why I feel that I'm, on, I'm so passionate and on such a mission to have this book get out there to so many people, you know, because I really think it can make a big effect on, on our, our population. The name of the book is Fast Food Genocide, How Processed Food is Killing Us and What We Can Do About It. Available on Amazon.com, Dr. Furman's website, which will have links up at Juice Guru Radio, so you can check it out there. And bookstores all over the world, Barnes & Noble, the usual uh, hot spots to pick that up. We highly recommend it. I'm actually, I just downloaded it on Audible, so I'm going to be uh, listening to that tonight. I just, I love Dr. Furman's book. So we highly recommend you pick up a copy of this, buy one for friends and family. We've really got to get this message out. Dr. Furman, how many, how bad is it? How much fast food are we eating as a nation here in the United States? Oh, it's unbelievable. You know, the, you know the, the, what we discussed a little bit is that certain populations in the United States, it differs from, from obviously from area to area. Certain populations, fast food and processed foods, are close to 90% of what people eat. And those populations are very sick. And those pop, then we talked about the, the, in those areas where you have a lot of overweight people, their lifespan is very shortened. 10 times the risk of early life stroke before age 45, and the average obese diabetic living in a food desert has 45 years of potential life lost. 45 years. You know, so we're talking about a tremendous damage to our society. And then, you know, look at things like breast cancer. There are countries around the world and populations that have 150th the amount of breast cancer we have in this country. But even in America, we have areas of the country with one-fifth the amount of breast cancer as other areas. So even in our country, there are areas that eat healthier and have, have a small fraction of the breast cancer that other areas that don't eat healthy have. You know what I mean? So we're talking here, it's obvious that these diseases are based on what we eat. And I have that acronym, right? The acronym called G-BOMBS, which stands for G-B-O-M-B-S, greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. It's just to help people remember that certain foods are well-documented in the scientific literature to protect against cancer. And when you eat these foods, any one of those foods, if you eat it regularly, it reduces risk of can the major cancers by about 50%, right? That means if you eat green vegetables regularly, your risk of cancer drops about 50%. If you eat mushrooms regularly, your risk drops about 50%. You'll eat onions regularly, your risk drops about 50%. If you eat seeds, the point is if you eat all six of those foods simultaneously, if your dietary portfolio includes greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. Each one individually is shown the scientific literature to drop cancer. But what if we put together a portfolio, a dietary portfolio that includes all those foods? Then we have the power to truly win the war on cancer in America, and we can do it right now. You know, and, and we're going to spend billions of dollars looking for a magic pill, right, that the drug company is going to take this drug, these donations. We're talking here about, imagine people smoking three packs of cigarettes a day, and we're going to win the war on cancer by a magic pill that people can take so they can still smoke three packs a day and not get lung cancer. It's insane. It can never happen. And it's a waste of our economic resources to be putting money into that type of research. We're not going to get a magic pill that's going to wipe out breast cancer. We're not going to get a magic pill that's going to, it's, it's, you're saying it's the food dummy, you know what I mean? In other words, we can wipe out breast cancer right now if we want to. And anybody listening to this doesn't have to get breast cancer or prostate cancer. They can change their diet right now with this full portfolio of anti-cancer foods. Actually, I'm, I'm running a study on that right now at Northern Arizona University. Mm. It's, it's funded by the Nutritional Research Foundation. And it's this study, that the first study we're doing is a, 
as a study going on for decades, recruiting, we're trying to recruit 10,000 women. We have 2,000 women already signed up, following women who are eating this port these portfolio of foods to prevent breast cancer. And if anyone wants to, any woman wants to join that study and sign up, she can go to nutritionalresearch.org and click on the link for the Nutritarian Women's Health Study, and she can get information about potentially joining that study. No charge, no monetary cost to join. It's, a, you know, it's supported by donations, but of course, um, we're trying to produce medical research to document this incredible protective effects of a nutritarian diet to prevent later life cancers. Oh, that's awesome. It's nutritionalresearch.org. We'll put the links up under the show notes at Juice Guru Radio. And of course, Dr. Furman's website is drfurman.com. That's F-U-H-R-M-A-N.com. If you're just tuning in on Facebook and you should just check out the work he's doing. Uh, Dr. Furman, you mentioned some of the top foods we should be eating. The G-bombs, love them. What are some of the most dangerous foods that we're eating that we should really stay away from? You mentioned some, but anything else are on that list? Well, I mean, we mentioned anything that's fried, but I think that the popular, you know, I think most people recognize that what junk food is junk food and that soda and barbecue and hot dogs and pastrami and processed meats are so dangerous. I think where they're missing the boat is on using white flour or even, you know, highly glycemic, finely ground grain flour. Even you can use whole wheat flour if it's ground into a pastry flour of consistency, it's, glyce it's overly glycemic. So we're talking about, you know, breads and, and cakes and cookies. Not, you know, they, there are some obviously commercial baked goods that are made from sprouted grains that are not as glycemic, that are made with more coarse grains that are okay. But the other issue is oil. Because when you heat oil, it becomes rapidly rancid, it undergoes oxidation, and it forms carcinogenic compounds under heat. And a lot of people cook their food in oil. So oil is fattening, it has no, it has no significant amount of nutrients in it, it's absorbed very rapidly, it it's, has brain stimulatory effects on the dopamine receptors because it's absorbed so rapidly. It goes from the lips to the hips within five minutes, it's stored as fat. Once it's, on, once it's put on your body as fat, it's, more, it's harder to get it off. So, and people are eating so much oil. And there's even so many you know, health fads and gurus where these diets people are following, where they're actually using oil as a part of their food, thinking it's good for them. Coconut oil, flaxseed oil, olive oil, poor oil, poor calories all over your food, extra calories. We know that the only thing ever been proven in the history of science to extend human lifespan is moderate caloric restriction in an environment of micronutrient excellence. The only thing ever been proven. We're talking about as you eat foods that are rich in nutrients and naturally low in calories, you live longer. And as you take in calorically concentrated foods without a micronutrient load, you live shorter. So every time you have another tablespoon of oil, you're shortening your life. You're take, because you're substituting a food that has no nutrients in it as calorically rich. For any other food you could have been eating that could have been supplying the body with, my, with a higher micronutrient load and a lower caloric load. Your lifespan is all about eating more foods with a lower caloric load and a high nutrient load. Not how much calories you can put in your body. Calories age the body. And, and, and there's all these crazy um, bad information people are getting. You know, these fad diets. Because like, people are trying to speed up the metabolic rate so they can eat more food and not get fat. When you moderately restrict calories, and by the way, the more vegetation, the more fruits and vegetables you eat, the phytochemical effects, the bioflavonoids, the fibers, all those things suppress the appetite. So the more produce you consume, the more it naturally suppresses your appetite. So what I'm saying right now is that, that when you moderately suppress your appetite, 
you slow down the metabolic rate. When you slow down the metabolic rate, you age slower. We want to be able to eat less food and not get too thin, not speed up a metabolic rate so we can eat more food and not get too fat. So everything is cockeyed and mixed up in people's minds because they've been brainwashed with the wrong type of nutritional information. And it leads to them, you know, at least these tragedies. And, you know, and we have to give credence to these studies that are, go on for decades to see the outcomes of hard endpoints of life and death endpoints like cancer or heart attacks. People will do these short-term studies, six months, three weeks, one year even looking at short endpoints like triglycerides or weight loss or, or glucose going down. And they won't, and so a lot of these fads, we're talking about paleo diets, ketogenic diets, um, oil-based diets, um, all these um, diets where they're adjusting, you know, lower fat, higher carbohydrate, higher protein, lower fat, all that. They're trying to adjust the macronutrients to change metabolism. They're all fads and don't hold up to, to scientific scrutiny. The only thing that holds up to scientific scrutiny is getting a full symphony of nutrients, a better exposure to micronutrients in a lower caloric load. And that means we want to eat a variety of foods. We want to eat some foods with nuts and seeds that have fat in them because they facilitate the absorption of the phytochemicals that protect cancer. We don't want to cut, off that. We don't want to cut our fat content very low to reduce calories because then we're going to or try to speed up a metabolic rate with fat restriction. Or we, None of those things will make for the maximum amount of longevity. And then we have, of course, the brain damage that's occurring from the lack of the beneficial fatty acids that the brain needs too. So, so people are always getting the wrong message or mixed messages instead of straightforward nutritional science that's rational, that's conservative, and that's protective against people's future. Well, they use such fun names like bulletproof or, uh, right. you know, game-changing biohacking. Biohacking, which is, you know, trying something out when we have the research. Thank you right. for getting that out and clearing up the confusion. People really don't know where to turn. So, Dr. Furman, thank you for being such a voice in in the truth, really. And it's an uphill battle because there's a lot of money to be made in these paleo yes. scams and fads. Right. And people want to hear, well, they, they want to hear a diet that supports the foods they're addicted to anyway. You know, so <laughs> well, that's true. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, they want their coconut soaked bacon. Uh, right. Dr. Furman, so if they continue, if we continue down this path of fast food consumption, what does it mean for the future generations? And don't you say that a baby is a fresh slate? What does it mean for the future of mankind? That's right. A baby is not a fresh slate. The baby is already severely damaged by the time it's born, even before it's born. And the, that the baby is damaged by the food the mother eats and the father eats, by the way, not just during pregnancy, but through the childhood and teenage years of the mother and father before they get to ever conceive a baby, their bad diet could have affected the negative outcome of their first child. What I'm saying right now is that the foods the mother eats before she even gets pregnant, affects the outcome of her, the child's health. So that's why children can be born with defects. And that's why they're born with autism. And they're born with, you know, learning disabilities. And they're born with, you know, with already with, with issues when they have and then childhood cancer. Where, you see, the studies show that childhood cancer isn't just related to the food the mother ate during her pregnancy. It's related to the lack of green vegetable consumption even years before pregnancy. And, and the consumption of luncheon meats like hot dogs and pastrami and bologna and bacon increases risk of childhood cancers, even when you don't eat it when you're pregnant, even if you ate it before you ever became pregnant. Did you follow that? Is there a way to turn it around? What about the person that's listening right now and said, well, Dr. Furman, you know, I've been living on fast food. I'm, go I'm in college. I'm eating McDonald's every day. Can I turn it around? Will my body regenerate? Can I reverse the damage? 
that's, you know, and that's why I'm advocating such a degree of nutritional excellence because that so much damage has occurred to the DNA already. And that so that a person at the age of 40 or 50 wanting to not get cancer, they didn't live on a healthy diet since they were one years old. They were eating unhealthy the first 40 years of their life. Just because you change that diet at age 40 doesn't mean they're still not going to get a cancer because we've already caused so much damage to occur for all those years. So we really have to give people a diet of nutritional excellence to maximize the, anti, the self-healing, miraculous self-healing capacity of the body. And that's why we give people a lot of green vegetables. That's why we give them you know, juices with greens and beets and carrots and, you know, and, and you know, not fruit juice, but that's vegetable juices. You know, that's why we give them you know, raw vegetable salad with shredded kale and cabbage and a watercress and arugula. That's why we give them the cooked mushrooms. We want to make the diet superior so the body has those phytochemicals to reverse the damage that's, if, as much as it possibly can. Well, if Dr. Dr. Furman got you nervous about oil, how am I going to cook that oil? Get Eat to Live. That cookbook is amazing. Nut-based dressings, things like that. Your books really are the key, Dr. Furman. You put all the resources out there. Right. My book, Eat to Live, is a weight loss you know, book, but I have a, the Eat to Live cookbook. Yeah, that's and the I, one. And I have the Eat to Live Fast and Easy cookbook. So I have two cookbooks with the word Eat to Live in them. Eat to Live cookbook and Eat to Live Fast and Easy cookbook, or Quick and Easy cookbook. So that means you, it's just more recipes that are delicious and that um, you know, address the full spectrum to fancy recipes at parties, to the super delicious recipes that take a little more time to prepare, to the ones that are quick and you can prepare in a minute, that use it, the ones that you bear, your family's going to love on an everyday basis, how to make this lunches for children, how to make this not cooking in the kitchen all day long. So yes, I, I really think that my last 30 years as a practitioner in this field has given me the opportunity to develop and be exposed to and to produce such an incredible amount of delicious recipes to make food. And, you know, the simplest thing, like making vanilla ice cream, you know, just by taking the, the secret ingredient is real vanilla bean powder, not vanilla extract and not these chemical vanilla liquid you put into food, but real ground vanilla bean that you put with some frozen bananas and maybe a handful of macadamia nuts that, are, that gives you such an incredible ice cream, it melts in your mouth that is healthy for you. You know, people have to realize they're not, we're eating incredibly delicious food. That's, that's you know, that, and, and we don't even like the taste of the conventional ice cream because it tastes like bleach and chemicals and it's too overly sweetened anyway. And notice that ice cream had not, it didn't even have a date in it because when you eat healthy, your taste buds get stronger. So the sweetness of the banana is sufficient. You don't even want it sweeter than that. You know, it, it, it would be too sweet with a date in it. I might add a date if I'm putting cocoa powder in, which is more bitter, but the point is, is that you're satisfied with things that aren't quite as sweet anymore because your taste is more sensitive. And now you can taste the sweetness in the strawberry. And now a cashew nut or a piece of romaine lettuce has flavor. Whereas people that are deadened their flavor with, their, with the American diet, cashews and avocados and strawberries and lettuce has no taste to them at all. They're just eating you know, a crunch that has no, that's smothered in a heavy dressing. You know what I mean? So the good news is there are magical surprises to be unraveled as we get healthier. We, we tend to want healthier foods and, and they taste amazing. Dr. Right. Furman, you're doing such amazing work. Thank you. For me, I could interview you for 10 hours. Uh, I know your time is limited and I want to take a couple of questions from the audience. If we've got a few minutes, but in sure. closing the radio portion of the show, anything else to share with our listeners on iHeartRadio on how uh, they can get healthier or anything we didn't touch on or anything that you've got, coming up that you want to share with our listeners and viewers? All right. Well, well, the thing I want to close with is I want to make sure that people recognize we're not talking just about preventing disease in the future. 
We're also talking about the people that are suffering right now with high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune diseases like lupus and scleroderma and psoriasis and colitis that we're, we're saying that these diseases are reversible through nutritional excellence. And nutritional excellence is 10 times more effective than drugs at lowering blood pressure, at protecting against heart, future heart attacks. At, and, and a perfect example, we're talking about athletes earlier, about, you know, a lot of professional athletes are eating this way now. And look at Venus Williams, who had Sjogren's syndrome, who had to leave professional tennis, who adopted what, a, what is approximately a, what is a, a nutritarian diet and reversed it and is back on the tennis tour again. We have lots of world-class and professional athletes now eating a nutritarian diet and achieving incredible athletic events, athletic prowess. And what they're really experiencing is a prolongation of their youth, the slowing of the aging process, so they can still perform at their best as they get older, lengthening their, their professional lifespan. You follow me? Incredible. Dr. Joel Furman right here on Juice Guru Radio. And tune in, find out more from Dr. Furman at drfurman.com. We'll have links up at Juice Guru Radio. Again, Dr. Furman, thank you so much for being here, for spreading the wisdom. I think this is really one of your best books yet because it's really tapping into something everyone needs to wake up to. And you've got yes. the solutions in the arsenal. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank Dr. You, Joel Furman on Juice Crew Radio. We'll see you next time. I'm Steve Prusak. Thanks for tuning in. What an honor it is for me to do this work. Let me just uh, open up for a couple of questions here and then we'll close out. But it really is. I mean, what an honor for me to sit here and interview a great mind like this. I'm blessed. Sean wrote in, uh, what about salads from fast food joints? Is there any nutritional value to them? Thanks for, uh, for writing in, Sean. Well, yeah, salad, it depends on the quality of the, the ingredients. And we know that the lettuces that are darker green have more nutrients than maybe iceberg lettuce, the lighter lettuces. So, you, you know, look for, see if you can get salads, the darker green. Um, so, and, and I think it's amazing today that we have these baby greens and mixed greens that are all over the place in those boxes. They're pre-washed, they're organic, they're available in supermarkets almost everywhere. You can take one of those boxes, put a healthy dressing on it, cut a tomato and shred some red onion on something. You have a salad or a little can of beans on top. In other words, it's so easy to get healthy food today. And I think that, so... And in New York City, for example, there's these, all these restaurants that you walk in and they pick out what greens you want, kale or cabbage, and they chop it for you right in front of you. And they mix it up with, some, with a healthy dressing. Maybe they have a tahini dressing. And they put, you can take the red onion and the beans on it. So you, in like almost any like um, three or four block area in New York City, there's a restaurant selling these healthy salads today. So I think that, that this message is penetrating our society to a degree. And it certainly makes it easier for people who want to eat healthy. We had a question here referring to uh, Oprah and Howard Lyman speaking out against burgers and things like that. And any fear about getting this information out there when the fast food restaurants or, you know, if you name them out, they might come after you. Any, uh, any worries about that, Dr. Furman, about spreading, you know, the meat disparagement and all that that went on with Oprah years back? I never mention those fast food restaurants. I don't mention the cancer. I do not mention um, Burger Hut or Pizza King. And I don't mention, <laughs> I don't mention, you know, Kentucky fried cancer either. But, okay, so, but anyway, what I'm saying right now is, I don't know, I guess I could be sued for just talking out about these things because obviously these corporations have billions of dollars, big legal teams, and they're going to look to squash whatever they can. They, you know, they could potentially come after me. I, I remember um, just to, um, Oprah called me once right on the phone and she said, Dr. Furman, I'm so excited to be speaking to you. No, no, 
No, that's what happened. I said, I said, Oprah, I'm so excited to be speaking to you. That's what I said, right? That's what happened. And she said, I'm so excited to be speaking to you. And she said, you know, so she said, I'm really trying to improve my diet. And I'm really going to try to take your, take your um, words to heart and make big changes in what I'm way I'm eating. You know, so, it, and I know all these professional people, you wouldn't believe how many, when I'm on television shows and I'm in with the media working with me, they, they tell me behind the scenes, they'll go like, you know, I just want you to know, I read your books and I'm following your diet at home, but I don't like say to people, I can't like say that on TV or I lose all my sponsors and I can't really act that way. I really got to act like I'm into like um, partying and restaurant foods and all this stuff, but I just want you to know I'm that's a, that I'm really following what you say. So, so many celebrities and people when I'm on TV shows have told me that it's unbelievable. You know well, I mean? thank you again for being here. Thank you that we can spread this. And if you're watching on social media, share this interview, get it out, share it with your friends, share it with your family, post it everywhere, post it on Instagram, whatever, Snapchat, I don't care. Let's get this message out. Dr. Furman, thank you for, you're really starting a movement. You've started a movement and you're, um, you're taking it to the next level. This book is the portal in and you've got the answers. You've got the, you know, you're shedding light on the truth, but you're giving the solution. What more could we ask for? Thank you so For real. much. Well, I think we had one last question. What do microgreens okay. fall on the nutrient density line? Microgreens. And thank you again. And that's the last super, question. Super high at the top. Any kind of green is at the top. In other words, the fact that I put kale at a thousand doesn't mean that kale is just is better than everything else. It just means it's just representative of that family of vegetables that's dark green like that. You know what I mean? So anything that has that dark green color like that and microgreens and baby greens and baby lettuces and baby mixed greens are, are all incredibly super healthy foods. And the fact that we have access to those foods gives us incredible opportunity to be super healthy. You know, we could, live, we, could, we could all live between 95 and 105 years old because we have access to these foods today. So we, we couldn't have had access to them years ago, all these great healthy foods that we have. You know, and I, I try to eat foods out of the woods even. I, I, I pick parsley in the woods behind my house, the weeds you pick on the, on the and you pick it, you know, and you eat wild berries and you, so there's so much, um, there's so much knowledge about uh, how to, you know, make the soil full of back, the right bacteria, organic farming and using composting and, and we can grow our own, like our own gardens and we can, you know, there's so much today that people can take advantage of this knowledge to really achieve superior health. And year round, no matter where you live. Dr. Furman, you are the answer. Thank you. Uh, you are the answer to the BS fads and trends that just frustrate all of us, but you are the answer. So we want to just get this message out. Thank you. I'm so blessed to talk to you. Thank you for being here. You're welcome and best of best health of health to you and of course all your listeners. Love him. Watching. Don't you love him? It's a standing ovation, Dr. Joel Furman. Okay. Thank you for watching. Please do share this wide. Thank you, Dr. Furman. We'll be in touch. Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juiceguru.com. Until next time, get your juice on.